Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffitt, CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company. I guess you need to be able to see my shirt. We're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble, like my friend, Dr. Judy Jasek. Good morning, Dr. Jasek. Good morning. Happy hump day. Happy hump diddy dump. <laughs> and you know what we have tonight? We have the part two of the Itchy Pet webinar. A lot of people attended last week. A lot yeah. of, you think there's a lot of itchy dogs out there? Oh my gosh. And it's a hard thing to treat. Yeah. Like I said, one of, one of the hardest, because it's just not, it's not straightforward and it's just all these different things contribute to why, uh, to why pets itch. So yeah, it, it should be, it should be fun. We're going to get more into the, uh, the nitty gritty of what, what you can do more specific treatment recommendations. Last time we went over more general, you know, allergies versus inflammation. Where, how does this come about? And then we're going to get into more specific. So it'll be good and it's free. It is so. free. It is free. Don't ever say we don't give away stuff for free because gosh darn it, we do. Um, but yeah, come, come join us. You know, we're all about helping your pets and um, I don't know. You might want to try some of the recommendations that we have. A lot of people I saw in the chat that were very confused about starch, right? And hmm. uh, Neely was answering those questions. They were like, well, what about potatoes? No. What about sweet potatoes? No. What about pumpkin? No. Neely was like, what, what is it about starch that you don't, you don't, you don't seem to understand? Right? Right. No starch. You've got an itchy dog. No starch. Right. And, and no rice. I've, I've had people come back and say, well, is rice included in that? Or like, like people don't think rice is a grain or that rice is different from other starches. I'm like, no, all starch all breaks down into sugar in the body. And, um, you know, it's, it, then that causes inflammation, spikes the insulin, starts this whole, whole cascade. Yeah. And it, and if people don't, you know, don't believe that, well, just, just try it, you know, try it for two weeks. And I bet you in, in most cases, it's going to make a, it's going to make a huge difference or at least somewhat of a difference. You'll see that your dog is healthier and less itchy. But I think the other thing that's confusing about that is it's in all these other things that people don't think about. You have to read the ingredients, not the, sometimes I ask people to like read a label to me and they'll say, well, it says it's, you know, 20% protein and 7% fat and well, no, I said, no, the actual ingredients. Oh yeah. First ingredients, potato starch. Yeah. No, we don't want to do that. That's like the greenies, you know, the dental chew. So people do a good job with the diet, but then they're still giving the, that dental chew because they like it, you know, because they like it. Well, find something else. There's lots of, <laughs> you know, like people get like, they don't want to disappoint their dog by not giving them their favorite treat, even if it's impacting their health. So find something else that they like just as much. You know, there's lots, there's lots of tasty treats out there that your dog will love that are 
that are way, uh, way healthier, but you have to look at, you know, the little biscuit, any kind of little biscuit type treats, those are going to have starch in them. You know, anything that's formed together is going to have starch because that's the only way it's going to stay together. What is raw food do? It goes, <laughs> just pops out there, you know, because there's no starch holding it together. I saw the most ridiculous, but commercials are ridiculous in themselves, right? So here's how commercials work. We make it look really fun. We give you some information that makes no sense with the solution. Okay. And then your brain supposedly just becomes brainwashed, I guess. Here's one, Chick-fil-A. Now, Chick-fil-A had some problems because they were doing testing of their proteins and they found out that Chick-fil-A, who supposedly had this really nice, clean chicken, didn't have really good, clean chicken. So now they're coming in and, you know, if you look at advertisers, they always use animals to soften their image, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever noticed that? They always use... Um, you know, babies, at, babies, animals, babies small children and, animals. and, and, and golden retrievers. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So Chick-fil-A does this commercial where, okay, the, 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 here's this girl and she's got this bulldog and she's talking about that, that, you know, she's a regular customers that drives through Chick-fil-A and they all knew that her dog had cancer and, um, then her dog didn't have cancer. So they were all applauding. But in the middle of this, they said, and as we drove through, knowing the dog has cancer, they gave their dog what is the equivalent of a puppuccino, the whipped cream, because he just loved it. And I'm like, your dog just supposedly recovered from cancer, but we're going through Chick-fil-A and they're giving your dog the thing that actually feeds cancer. Right. And we're supposed to be, I'm, I'm sitting there watching this commercial and I'm like, do, do, does this just go over people's heads? Well, it plays, I think it plays on their emotion and, you know, when people's, you know, when your emotions are involved, then you're like, oh yes, I can treat my pet. And then people feel good because they went to get, they could give them a piece of chicken, you know, <laughs> at least be healthy, you know, Right. but they have to give them like the worst possible thing. And then people are like, oh, but look how much he likes it. Also makes people want to buy bulldogs, which have like, you know, commercials like that, like, you know, the Taco Bell and everybody started buying chihuahuas and they all ended up in the shelters because they're hard to housebreak and all sorts of other challenges. I know because I've had them. Um, so I'm not like, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a chihuahua racist or like that <laughs> people being accused of being racist or it seems like to be a big a big thing today so i i speak from uh experience but anyway you know the cute dog on the commercial and people don't realize people don't think through what what kind of you know breed is that what's its personality like what kind of medical bulldogs have tons of medical problems um so but people don't think through all that they just see the cute dog on the commercial eating the you know yummy treat and they want one you know right Right. And, and of course, while they're getting their dog, the treat, they're, you know, presumably buying a meal for themselves. And that's the whole idea, right? Not, not about, they don't care about the dog. The whole idea is to get people in the, you know, drive through buying their family dinner there instead of going home and making dinner. Right. Things don't make sense. And I, um, I was watching something on Epic Times or Epoch, however you want to say it. 
And he the this this brain guy was talking about how we are brainwashed, how easy it is if we don't go outside of our comfort zone, right? And he did talk about the emotions. Once the emotions come in, you will remember things, you will make attachments, right? So that's mm-hmm. why they bring the emotions in. It was it was a a, a really fantastic um uh interview. And he's got a book out and basically he's talking about, you know, why people end up with Alzheimer's and why they can't remember things and why, because we only have a certain amount of way that we can categorize things. Uh, But he was, he was showing these hacks and it was very interesting. But again, he was saying, look, you've got to attach emotion to something that you want, you know, people to really remember. And that's why, they use all these kind of emotions. But I, I swear, we we need to come up with the commercial that really shows when a dog eats these chemical soups that are made by Perina, that are made by Hills, that are made by all of these big companies, how your dog really falls apart. And maybe that would wake people up. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because again, first taste test. My dog loves it. Doesn't matter if it's crack or rat poisoning. You know, pet parents love it. Mm-hmm. My dog mm-hmm. loves it. I mean, they do it in my business. Yeah. Right? Um, so it, it's just it's just the most insane thing ever. And I'll tell you what's, what's a new insane thing that is happening right now. I was sent this by Paulina, uh, who was the whistleblower in the industry, mm-hmm. and also Brian, uh, that now... Now, Dr. Jasek, we have Bond Pet Foods, and they are now partnering with Hills to um, ship the first sustainable fermented animal protein. Uh, did you see this? No. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, if you guys dig into this and you go to you go to bondpets.com. The big thing that on the, it says, we brew meat. We brew meat. That meat. just sounds wrong. Well, I mean, you should see it. It's so, there's a picture underneath of like massive heat and fire where they're firing up the meat and they're called meat makers for the pet food world. Now, if you come down, they're going to talk about meat is this the thing that dogs and cats need. It's their primary nutrition. However, Dr. Jasek, they're messing up the world with 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 all the the about the cow farts and yeah, stuff. the carbon footprints. So this is the way that they're selling it. We are wow. masters of this craft of the pet food industry. We're gonna make stuff that is not good for your pet, but by God, we're gonna save the planet. So we're gonna kill the pets. We're like- gonna save so is this moving into, I'm just I'm looking at their website. Is this going to move into like a, like the lab grown stuff that yes. Gates is talking? I mean, that's essentially what this is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's a big joint development agreement to create animal protein for potential use in Hills products. Now Hills only has 300 products guys and uh, they're all crap. And um, yeah, so there, it says the process has been carefully reimagined to more efficiently 
produce proteins like chicken, turkey, and beef for pet food applications without the need, Dr. Jasek, to raise and process farm animals. Oh, yeah. Well, that tells you, there you go, that it's just, it's just all synthetic. That's yeah. just wrong. And people, people will fall. I mean, why? It's like you're saying, why do people fall for this? What about this is, sounds like it's good. I mean, even their website is like, it's just bizarre. What is wrong. that? Like a boiling pot of <laughs> cider? It's the most the disgusting. Brew, maybe it's supposed to look like beer or something. Cause they say we brew, we brew meat. I mean, that just sounds wrong, right? Meat comes from animals, you know? Yeah, well, they, they're they're in Boulder, Colorado, and everybody, uh, yeah, so that says it all right The there. microbreweries and all that. That's- well, I mean, come on. Boulder is full of everyone who says, oh my gosh, no farting, no cows, no rodeos, right. nothing, you know, so let's all live be, in our 15-minute cities. This is going to be you know, hugely popular with the vegans and vegetarians that don't want to feed meat. Well, I'm just going to feed this, you know, brood meat that didn't, you know, didn't impact any, any poor animals. This is what's funny. They say the company noted that in you, in the U S alone, 74 million dogs and 56 million cats currently consume large amounts of animal based protein. Well, I don't think that I have 74 million dogs in my customer base, but that's cool. But I don't think they're talking about raw. I think they're talking about this crap that they want to say is healthy for your dogs. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, there's still so much stuff going on out there. I mean, Brazilian insect pet nutrition company is expanding. Okay. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's just... If you look at the pet food industry news, it it just really, really drives me insane. You know, like there, the one article, five more human food trends for pet food. Um, you know, it's like, okay, that's that's what they look at. They, it's never nutrition, guys. It's always, you know, here's what people want. They want less processed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're saying that. Uh, you got to think fresh, frozen, freeze dry, gently cooked. That's what people want. Upcycled, uh, ugly ingredients being incorporated into their pet treats, right? Um, sustainable, nutritional density, and ener- energy reduction plays. So they're coming. They're coming. They see that pet parents want something better, but they're not going to come all the way, Dr. JC. No, no. They're going to just use the words, right? And they're going to figure out how we still take that crappy ingredients, those ingredients that would have gone to the landfill that would have Mm -hmm. never ended up in any type of food. And we're going to figure out how to sell it to you, pet parents, with our fancy, fancy marketing. Yeah. And with Hills, you know, they're getting the vets on board. So then they you know, get all the brainwashed veterinarians in the world, you know, convinced that this is, you know, a really good way. Even I, I wouldn't be surprised even some of the so-called holistic vets get on board with this because oh. there's a there's a you know a pretty significant segment there that believe in plant-based diets. So, you know, it because they're vegan and vegetarians themselves. So they have developed this narrative that dogs can be healthy and cats too, I think on plant-based diets. So, well, then why not 
why not just do this? But yeah, and they can put in the prescription diet, sell the vets on it. I can already hear the marketing, you know, the pictures on the hills, you know, um, hills truck, you know, we brew meat. <laughs> right. But so, it's the same narrative. It's interesting that it's the same narrative that they're saying for people, you know, like we need to eat less meat because to help, you know, the environment, which is all a bunch of, all a bunch of BS. If animals are raised responsibly, they actually improve the environment, they improve the soil, they improve the uh, carbon catch capturing ability of the soil. Um, you know, not these big, huge feedlots where animals are, are kept very humanely, but if they're raised humanely, they actually benefit the, you know, the environment. So that's a bunch of BS, but that narrative is getting so big. And, and you know, what else is scary? You sent me the thing on the pet tax that Colorado wants to come out with. Well, what do you bet? They're going to be tracking what you're feeding your pet too. And like, oh, you're feeding real meat. Oh, you're going to get demerits or. Right. You know, I mean, they already can have the capacity to shut down transactions if they don't like what you're buying. They're not doing it, but they could because everything we do with our credit cards is tracked. So they could they could just shut you down on what you buy your food, your pet. I think that was a test. It got killed in legislation and um, it got oh, killed. So it's done. Here's what it was, guys. Here in Colorado, uh, this woman was introducing a bill that you would be taxed on every single pet that you have, including how many fish. And there were so many people that called in to their constituents that they killed it, right? Now, you got to wonder, why did they even waste the time to do that? And again, mm -hmm. my thought is exactly like yours. There's a reason that it came out. They're going to test it. They're going to come back. They'll rework it. Maybe they hide yep. it in something. Yep. But, yep. you know, it was, all right, you get a tax benefit if you have a child, but you get a tax to, you know. Um, you get charged a deemed. tax to get a pet. Yeah. Right. If you have a pet. Because, by golly, they are running the environment. And, and, and there will be people that will go along with that narrative. There will be. And uh, I, you know, this will cause people to give up their animals, maybe euthanize them. I don't know. Um, but you have to look deeper into what's going on and you have to get off your rump. Like I sent it out to all my friends. Everybody's like, I'm calling, I'm writing a letter because people were like, first of all, it's none of your business, mm -hmm. right? It's none of your business. How many animals I have. And they were trying to use this scenario that says, if you were to die, we need to know, you know, you need to have, um, you know, your your animals cared for. And people are like, that's none of my business, none of your business, who I leave my animals to or what I do. But again, it's a way to track, maybe to track vaccines, maybe to track, you know, you feeding, you know, things that are going to cause the earth to explode, implode, mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it got shot down, but you're right. It's it, they, they do test these things and they have an agenda. There's an agenda behind things like that and it'll come back around and they do sometimes hide them in like a bill package. And then we have some event, we have a terrorist attack or whatever's coming and well, everybody's distracted by something else that's going on. Then they push a bunch of this stuff through while people yeah. aren't paying attention. That should not be allowed. Like no. every, like, these bills that get passed should be very short, 
so that so that people can read them, right? Not puffed up so that you miss it, right? Because those people that are in Washington or in government, they're just human beings, right? And they can't take in that much information either, you know? So it's just, yeah, it, it really got my hackles up. And uh, it came out on the news the next day and they said there was so much pushback. Thank goodness, you know, that the bill died. Yeah. Well, that's Went good because that also teaches people if you do push back, it makes a difference. Because I've wondered that, like, does it really do any good to write the letters and make the phone calls? But it does. It does. They they don't want to be that um, un, unpopular and you know, Colorado, just about, just about everybody's got pets in Colorado. So that yeah. it, it impacts, it's not like it just impacts a certain segment of the population. It probably would impact 90% of people in Colorado. Yeah. You know, we were talking yesterday about this whole Purina thing. Remember there was all, all this talk about this food that was making pets sick and dying, mind mm -hmm. you, dying. Okay. We don't have pets dying in the raw pet food world, but you sure do in the kibble world. Anyway, we were talking yesterday at the warehouse and, and, and Brian said that several people that he knew that were coming out and really being very vocal, that they got a phone call from Perina and were threatened to be sued. They're silencing people. Mm -hmm. We're going to sue you. And if you have a big, huge conglomerate like that, they can make your life crazy. Oh yeah. So, so it's 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 really uh, you know up to the pet parent to get educated to understand that just because it's for sale does not mean it's safe. Right, right, and and nobody's nobody's watching what what goes in. You know, like there's this assumption that well, somebody there must be a government you know agency out there somewhere that's making sure that all these foods are safe. Like. There, there isn't any such thing. And AFCO doesn't mean anything. They just make recommendations. They're not a regulatory, you know, agency of any sort. So nobody is making sure these foods, um, these foods are safe. You know, they put euthanized, they've, they found, um, pentobarbital in these foods. You know, they use euthanized animals in, and they render just about anything. Like you were saying, they, things that just would go to the landfill, just get ground up and put in pet food. It's disgusting. Dr. Connor Brady has an entire chapter on where are the pet food police? <laughs> where are they? It's you and, and me, Dee Dee. We just need a badge. Pet food. Right. Police. I am the pet food police. Get that kibble <laughs> out of that dog's face now. Um <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy. That we believe that the pet police are out there and they're going to get you because you may not have all of the shots in your dog. Yeah. But for some reason, we don't realize there ain't no pet food police out there watching what the big companies are doing, right? Because they have so much money. You have this problem with all these dogs dying, dogs getting sick, looking like Parvo, right? Because mm -hmm. we can hide it. We can just say mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's a that boogeyman it's virus. Perfect. It's a, oh, it must be a virus going around. Yeah, it's got to yeah. say that. Just a virus going around. Better get your dog updated on the shots, by the way, because you got to keep it safe from these viruses. And mm -hmm. don't change the diet. Just feed it the same stuff. But you don't have this uproar, Dr. Jason. You have no uproar from pet parents when they... You, you, it's, 
Yeah. I, I don't and if, get and if it was if there was like say something did happen in the raw food industry and a company and it was definitively tied like you know there's really been never anything proven to like an incident where mm-hmm. pets have gotten sick from raw and it's been proven this stuff comes out where there's a direct connection and nothing happens if that happened in the raw food industry where there was a bad batch like something just went wrong oh my god could you imagine the, the, I would be all over the news, how bad rise and rot, you know, blah, 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 you know, but nothing's going to happen to the kibble industry because they, no. they own it. They own the marketing, they own the media. I mean, they're part of these big, huge corporate conglomerates that are running the show and, and controlling the narrative. So nothing's going to happen. No, no, no. Nothing is. And so again, it's always up to the pet parents, right? It's up to the pet parents. And I, and I feel for people, right? There's a lot of information out there. You know, people will write us all the time and they'll say, well, so-and-so said this and said that and said that, what do you think? And I'm like, I think you've got to figure out who you want to listen to and uh, watch your pet and think about um, these, what is an evolutionary diet? for cats and dogs, right? The raw diet is not a fad. It's been going on for millions of years. What happened was that kibble came in and, and positioned itself, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle of it and then convinced everyone that this is the way, this is the way <laughs> that dogs eat. Really? Because they haven't eaten like that for millions of years. And you know, if you really look at it, it's real simple, Dr. Jasek. Meat, bones, organ, fat. Throw some tripe in there. Throw some duck heads in there. Throw some pork brains in there. Make sure that, uh, you know, maybe you want to do some kelp or you want to do some phytoplankton, you know, or you want to do some veggies and you want to pulverize those and, you know, let them get some of those nutrients out of that. But it's the way that they were built to eat. And I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but evolution doesn't happen in 80 years. Mm-hmm. No. And ridiculous. if you believe that, you need to get your head out of the sphincter area and really right. study. Right? Right, right, right. Kibble was started um, because people it came on hard times, you know, in World War II, post-World War II, and there was rationing or during the war, there was rationing and everything. So they needed something to feed their dog. So they started making these kibble type diets and then found out what well, the dogs liked them and people liked them because they were convenient. And then they are, they built a whole marketing campaign around that. And then they marketed to the vets. Well, how they market to the vets, they pay the vet schools for research. You know, it's, it's all, it's all about the money. It's all about following the money, but it's boy, not, not good for your pets. And just think about it. What did dogs eat before World War II, there was plenty of dogs. You know, what What do you think they were eating back then? There was, there was a lot more, I think, small farms, you know, people grew, raised a lot more of their own food. So they were feeding them chicken guts and cow placentas and, you know, scraps from the family table, probably some starch, but still better. That was still better than kibble, you know. Right. So that, but that's what dogs, that's what dogs were eating. They were, they were kind of the, you know, farm scavengers. They just got like, whatever. They weren't going to town and buying bags of dog food. And they certainly weren't taking them to town probably to get their, all their shots either. 
you know, that all started probably around the, around the same time or, or shortly after when it was realized how much money could be made treating pets like they treat people, you know, selling people on fear and, and, um, you know, selling all these shots for the, to fight the little boogeyman viruses that are, that are running around and then keeping them sick so that, you know, they, they just continue to make veterinary medicine tons of money. I mean, they did it in human medicine. Why not do it to the pets too? It's all the same industry. And just, I mean, how many billions of dollars are made in the pet industry every year? Just nice little, nice little side, side business for big pharma. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, It's so, so people make it so hard. They make it so difficult. You know, I got, I got this email. um, And I think if you confuse people and you make it hard, they sit down and they say, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough to be able to figure this out. Okay. Um, But I got this email from this pet parent and she wanted to know how much vitamin E right? How much vitamin E should your, should her dog get? And I said, well, how much vitamin E does your dog need? Right? How much vitamin E does your dog need? Here are the, the, the ways that you can get real vitamin E in the raw diet. You can get it from eggs, sardines, kidney, liver, brain. Maybe you have access to ostrich or or buffalo that also has it. Um, but I said, so you need to know how much your dog needs. How much does your dog need? And how much are they getting if you are in fact feeding a raw diet? And she came back and she said, um, you know, and in in this, we we stated, look, Mother Nature doesn't micromanage vitamins and minerals. Right. She does it with a variety of foods throughout the month. So if you're feeding, you know, all of these things throughout the month, your dog's going to be fine. Do we see any vitamin E deficiencies going on in your dog? And here's what she she wrote back. She said, thank you. I'd bake you a cake if I could. I've been an anxiety mess over all of this. And she said, I need experts like you to tell me that what I'm doing is right. And she said, Mother Nature certainly does not keep a spreadsheet. And she said, I paid a ridiculous amount of money for a nutritional consult and a recipe from, and I'm not going to name the company, but I know that they do this and I know they confuse people. And she said, and I was beyond disappointed with the lack of variety that was presented. She said, thank you for all you guys do. And she said, I wish more people and companies were like you guys. Uh, just wish you were out here on the East Coast. Um, and uh, But anyway, that was her experience. She was a total mess because she felt like she needed to make sure that her dog had this vitamin E, all this vitamin E. Well, guys, look in the raw diet. Where does vitamin E come from? Where do the B vitamins come from? And I've got it on my site. Um, in the learning center, mother nature doesn't have a spreadsheet, Dr. Jasek. I don't know. Have you seen one? Have no. you seen one? I just, I was just having this vision of like mother nature sitting up there like, okay, there's a rabbit. Let's see. Let's see. Rabbit, um, has this much protein and this much fat. And 
um, you know, this much vitamin E and vitamin A, and then, and then just sending down like a little, uh, you know, uh, nutritional analysis on, on the rabbit. No, never, never, never seen it because nature works like nature works like, you know, wolves out or mountain lions out there, they kill a, a deer or an elk and they eat it and they're healthy. If this wasn't a natural diet, we wouldn't have any wild carnivores. They'd all be, you know, be dead from kibble deficiency. You know, it's like it, it just, it just doesn't make any sense that we have to get in and micromanage these nutrients. And I think micromanaging these nutrients gets a lot of pets in trouble because when humans micromanage nutrients, they're doing it with synthetics. So they want to put that nice label on there that has this much of all the different nutrients, but they're all synthetic. So how do you know your pet is assimilating any of it? We've talked about this a ton. You, if you're using, if your product you're, you're using says complete and balanced and it's complete and balanced because it's got a bunch of synthetics in it and, you know, read the ingredients on your, your supplement might say like, you know, all natural, blah, 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 you know, give your dog all the nutrients it needs, but then read it. And if the ingredients look like a bunch of chemicals, they are a bunch of chemicals. And these nutrients are meant to be ingested with other, with other nutrients, they work synergistically. So if you're just microman, like things like you know, calcium and phosphorus, how many puppies I've seen that just get into these horrible, you know, like growth abnormalities um, because their, their minerals are messed up. And these would be kibble eating diets because, you know, they, they have certain amounts of calcium, certain amounts of phosphorus added into the food. But if they're, if they're all synthetics, that puppy may not be assimilating those into its bones. That's why you feed natural bone, like chicken feet and duck heads and wings and, and things like that. But it's just, I don't know why it's such a hard concept to me. It just makes perfect natural sense. Like, well, duh, let's feed them what they're meant to eat. But I think we're just up against just such a huge narrative. That's, that's painting a whole different picture and then, and people get conflicted and then they, you know, they have to make a choice which way are they going to go? And unfortunately, the veterinary profession is not on our side of the not on our side of the tracks. No, no, they're not. And um, you know, I cringe. I cringe every single time this magazine comes out up here in Evergreen. Um, there is a vet in the the conifer area who pronounce uh, who 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 professes to be a holistic vet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, she does a vegan diet and she thinks that Apoquil is a miracle drug. So I'm like, again, the, the story that she paints is what gets people. They think she's holistic and it's very simple guys. If your vet is selling a chemical based food, they're not holistic. Because no nutritionist would say that a processed diet is the best for a human, and it's certainly not the best for a dog. That's a red flag. Why would any holistic practitioner, true holistic, homeopathic, um, you know, witch doctor even, 
say that a processed diet is healthy. Who would say that, Dr. Jasek? Right. Not sure. Not me, but a lot of people do. I, I don't even know how the vets can believe it. It's just, it's, it's really disgusting and vegan, no less. So processed, processed plants, nothing but processed starch, which is the one thing we say is so bad for dogs, but that's all those diets are. It's, it's, yeah, it's terrible. And I know she's got a thriving business there. She does. She does. And she is the one that was in that, um, that restaurant that day. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there. And she's sitting there telling this guy who has a cat that Apoquil is a miracle. I I bout, I bout came out wow. of my seat. But again, when it comes to us or me, not you, you're a vet. Um, and I, I don't mean to insult you with that word, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I get yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, people look at me and it goes right over their head. Right over their head when I say, but, you know, when they say, well, my vet says, and I'm saying, but does this make sense? Yeah, but my vet said it. I don't care what they said. Right. They're wrong. Wrong. And right. and the thought is, how can they be wrong? They have a degree. Well, I don't know. Maybe we just need to look back in the last three years. How many of those doctors with the degree did any sort of investigative research before they bullied people into doing something that wasn't in their best interest? How many? All of them. Damn near all of them. Right. And Um, and they were, you know, paid off to a large, a large degree to treat patients in a certain way. And they got bonuses for using certain medications. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, I don't know if that's already happening in veterinary medicine. I've never heard it specifically, but it wouldn't surprise me, especially in these big, you know, corporate clinics that, you know, prescribe more, more drugs. Oh, you know, 10 apical prescriptions this month, you're going to get an extra bonus because they're all about the bottom line. And that's why apical is a miracle drug because it's wonderful for your profit margin, you know? Probably helps keep her head above water, helps helps her pay her rent every month. It's a miracle. And we're going to talk about that on the Itchy Pet webinar tonight. We're going to talk about these miracle drugs and what kind of um, non-miracle they can produce in your pet. Yeah. Okay? They actually make things worse in the long run because you can't get them off the drugs. You yeah. And then they... Them. Yeah. And Neely was talking and and um I was really shocked by what she said. I thought she was going to say something else. She said she's had a whole slew of people who they have done the Apoquil, you know, um or or actually the Cytopoint shot. So mm-hmm. Apoquil's a pill, Cytopoint's a shot. And I thought she was going to say and they just did one and it knocked the itch out. And what she said was it didn't even work. Mhm. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I wasn't ready for you to say that. And she's like, no, this is what these pet parents are reporting, right? That it's not working. Or if it does work, it works for a very short time, right? And now it's worse. The itch is worse. And and now you got to deal with the after effects. Mm-hmm. And you got to clean the body out. And um, yeah, so... It is hard. It is hard, but uh, we're trying to address these issues 
And we're doing it in a healthy way, guys. We don't see any sense in doing something that's going to continue to put your dog in a compromising position. I don't care what the veterinary world says. If it was working, why isn't it working? Right? Right. Right. If those vets are all so smart, why are pets being diagnosed earlier and earlier and earlier with cancer? I can't tell you how many, like, I mean, lymphoma still just rampant. I just see so many, probably more than half of the new cancer patients I see are lymphoma patients. And it's been that way for probably a couple of years now and younger and younger. It used to be rare to see a dog under five now all the time, two, three, four-year-olds. It's common. See these young adult dogs diagnosed with lymphoma. What is that? It's inflammation from all the crap that people have been told to put in their dog's body, the vaccines, the heartworm, the flea and tick, the, the poor diets and their bodies just can't, just can't handle what it, what does the lymphatics do? It detoxifies and drains. And I think these poor dogs get so overloaded when they're young before these systems are even, even developed, they just can't get rid of all that stuff. And that's what I think lymphoma really is. It's just this extreme inflammation and inability of the body to get all this, all this crap out. I mean, you know, I mean, what else could be, I mean, what else has changed? You know, I mean, I mean, there's EMF and I guess there's other environmental things, but um, you know, they're just pumping more and more and more vaccines into these, into these poor animals and these, in these crappy diets. And, you know, why did these dogs eating Purina get sick? You know, like there, there's never going to be any, any investigation into exactly what was in that food. They just hush it down. But just the fact that they're squashing the information tells you right there that they would be liable if the information got out. So they're like, nope, we're just going to bully the opposition because we don't want to, you know, go down that road. Um, so yeah, it's, it's bad that the veterinary profession is literally poisoning pets. It's killing them. It's murdering them. It's murdering mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. pets. And I see this progression. I've been practicing for 35 years. I mean, even, you know, when I was first starting out, it, we didn't see that much cancer and there were still kibble diets and vaccines back then. Um, it's just gotten so much worse. So I think things have gotten so much more toxic. You know, the vaccines have changed. I, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly. I, I also started out practicing in more of a rural area. So probably a lot of those people just, they didn't bring their farm and ranch dogs in to necessarily get back. They, you just see them if they got hurt or sick, Yeah. but they probably weren't vaccinating the crap in there again, running around the farm, eating placentas and, you know, scraps from the scraps from the butchered animals. So they were inher inherently probably healthier, but it's gotten so much worse. So why do you keep putting your faith in these veterinarians where the veterinary profession has been recommending these things all along and pets just keep getting sicker? I mean, th doesn't that mean, hey, we need to do something different? That's, I mean, that was my wake up call. I just looked at that like, wow. We're doing all these things and medicine is making all these advances and pets keep getting sicker. I think we're going down the wrong road. Yeah. So I, so I, I went different fork. Again, guys, if, if, if a vet is professing to be holistic and they are pushing things that would not be accepted from a true holistic practitioner, meaning pharmaceuticals, right? I'm not saying that 
you know, people are like, well, sometimes we need antibiotics, maybe. And sometimes you need prednisone, maybe. But when you look at a clinic and they're just shoving that stuff out the door and they're giving bad food and they're telling you, you have to do flea and tick and heartworm, you know, and there's no um, alternative whole uh, uh, homeopathic, what's the word? Homeopathic. Thank you. Those clean things that you can do. And I know I get emails from people that say, well, that stuff doesn't work. You know, that stuff doesn't work. I, you know, I still have fleas around my house. I still have ticks. And I say, well, okay, that uh, statement doesn't change the outcome. Doesn't, doesn't change the outcome. You might get rid of the the flea and the tick, but are you also going to be getting rid of your dog earlier than it should be? Right. <laughs> right? Or, or, you know, use, you know, say somebody gets fleas really bad or they're, they're invading their house. You know, could you give a dose of the stuff and you know, it's toxic. I mean, I've seen people sometimes make a choice to do that, but just be aware and use it situationally. The thing that's really taking our pets down is this one size fits all. They, I've, I've talked to people that live, you know, north, like in Minnesota, and this is where it gets it gets really cold in the wintertime. There's no fleas and ticks around. Maybe in the summertime, but oh, they're told they got to have beyond this stuff once a month. There's all these one size fits all protocols. You just you get on. Why do you think? <coughs> why do you think it's once a month? Do we even know? I mean, what if you do every three months? What if you don't give it once a month? Will that work? Why once a month? Well, that's just a nice, convenient schedule. You can put the little sticker on your calendar and then they sell lots of these, you know, these medications because everybody, they come into the vet, you know, every month the vet can set out, send out the uh, reminders. It's just convenient. They've never tested this stuff to see maybe it would last longer. Maybe you wouldn't need to give it every you know, every month, but given month after month after month, your pet doesn't stand a chance. They're just getting more and more and more toxins. And, and I think a real hint about is, is your vet truly holistic is even if they say, okay, maybe a couple days of antibiotics might be a good idea, or maybe, you know, sometimes when I'm treating lymphoma patients, we'll do a short course of prednisone because the dog's having trouble breathing because their lymph nodes are so big. I mean, we have to do something. They can't sleep. But you're doing other things at the same time. It it buys you some time. That's the way I look at it. Like, we'll do this, get the dog comfortable so it can eat and drink and rest. But at the same time, we're going to be introducing herbs and we're going to be talking about the diet and you're going to be doing other things at the same time. If your vet says they're holistic, but their only option that they're giving you are the antibiotics or the steroids, they're not holistic because they're not addressing the the you know, the other side, they're not working. True holistic is, is supporting the natural healing ability of the body. And maybe you use a conventional tool here and there, but your primary focus is supporting the natural healing ability of the body. And if they're not doing that, then they're not holistic. Well, Dr. Jasek, again, the question, the question is, how many toxins can your body or your dog's body take before it finally breaks down and maybe breaks down to a point that there is no return? Where is that? Nobody is emailing me. Nobody ever has emailed me and said, how much, 
How how much of this flea and tick or this heartworm medication could my dog take before it absolutely ruins them? Nobody's ever said that, but they do email me how much vitamin E. Right. We'll micromanage the nutrients, but while we're poisoning our dog with all these other medications. Right? How much B vitamin? How much C? You guys, nobody is looking at this critically dangerous stuff that's going in their dogs. Someone said the other day, and sometimes we just don't comment, right? Because we've commented so much. And one thing that we've learned, we put the information out. If it lands and it makes sense, great. When it doesn't make sense to people, they will come at you with a pitchfork. And I I still, to this day, do not get it. We're trying to save your pet, not kill them. We're trying to heal them. And when we say to people, something's going on with your dog. It is not a bad batch. Oh, my gosh. You would think that we just injected them with every toxin in the world. I don't understand that mentality. What is happening? So it comes to a point where you're like, I hear what's happening in your home. We're just going to keep mixing this kibble in with the raw. No matter that their ears and their paws are yeasty, they love the kibble and they need those extra vitamins and minerals. Sometimes I just say, okie doke. Go, go, go forth. Because I don't know what it is that I just am not getting through. And so there comes a time where you just stop talking. Right. You just Well, it's falling on, it's just sometimes falling on deaf ears, you know? And I, I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. Like if I have a client that just insists on feeding kibble or feeding these things, I don't recommend them. Like I just, the things I do are just not going to be, very helpful. If, if you don't get off of, if you don't eliminate the problem, holistic doesn't work if you're poisoning your pet or, and, or giving things that are inflaming your pet. Cause you can't, it's like putting your foot on the brake and the gas at the same time, you can't support the body, but at the same time be, be poisoning it. It just, it just doesn't work. And those are the people that come back, well, holistic, you know, holistic, that stuff doesn't work. And that's just a bunch of hooey. Well, did you do the whole program, because you have to do the whole, that's why now, you know, we have our, our nurse, Karen, and um, she does a nutrition consult with everybody. So everybody that I now work with new clients have had a nutrition consult with her. It's just part of our new client package. It's not optional. Um, Everybody does it because it's that important. And if people don't realize that how it's important or why it's so important, then I don't even talk to them. And I'm good with that because I don't, I don't want to spend my time during my consult convincing people Mm-mm. why they shouldn't feed kibble. They already got to be on board with letting go of that. And those are the people that I, yeah, I want to work with. And, and to be honest, to kind of keep my sanity in doing this work, because it can be really challenging. That's what needs. I need to work with like-minded people that are on board. Like I get it. Just help me, you know, help show me how, how to do this. But I'm there. And if, I mean, the rest of the people, I'm sorry, but you're just going to have to figure it out. You're going to have to learn your own, you know, lessons. Um, 
that, and it's going to be the hard way and it's going to be chronic illness and, and losing your pet early in life through things like cancer, or autoimmune disease or things like that. Cause I see it all the time. Every can every new cancer patient I work with, I can just see how it led up to this. I don't see cancer patients that are fed raw and, you know, live, you know, healthy outdoor lifestyles and they're not exposed to weed killers. And um, sometimes people do parts of that, but um, I think getting away from the environmental toxicity, like your roundup, when people start spraying in the, in the spring and um, getting rid of weeds, running your dog in ballpark or farmer's fields, you have clients that hunt and they take their dogs out to train them to bird hunt after mm -hmm. the farmer's harvest. Um, I have one client that she had a couple dogs get cancer and she's like, well, but I got to keep doing that. That's, that's what we do. Like, well, okay. I guess you got to keep treating, treating cancer then. Like, <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? Cause she did a lot of the other stuff like raw diet and minimize vaccines and all that stuff. But if you're, I mean, dogs absorb that stuff right through their paws. They don't even, they don't even wear shoes and they got their noses down breathing it in. So if you're taking your dog somewhere where there's a bunch of chemicals, um, that's going to impact them too. So you, you got to be aware and you got to make the changes. And if right. you don't make the changes, I can't help you, you know. And there's no pet police out there looking at your records right now. I think that, that, uh, that that's what they're, they're going to try to push because think about what I just said at the top of the podcast, how many dogs and cats are out there, right? And the pharmaceutical companies are like, man, we can get every one of them on a shot every year, every three years, and then we get them on the flea. I mean, that's a huge, huge revenue source. And again, you have to understand that that is based on a profit model, not a health model. And I'm not sure when that's going to click in. Maybe when, as we said at the top of the podcast, when the pain of losing your dog, of seeing your dog with cancer, of seeing your dog. And when that comes together with what you've heard us say, then it will be solidified in your mind and it won't happen again with the next pet. Right. Right. Sometimes it takes that, takes that wake up call. And if you think they're not thinking about how much money they're making on down the road by making your pet sick, do you know how much chemotherapy costs? Every time somebody quotes me what they were quoted or tells me what they were quoted, for chemotherapy, it, it goes up and up and up. I mean, you're talking 10, 15, $20,000. Do you think they're not making a grundle of money? It, it, they make money selling you the products that make your pet sick. And then they make even more money treating your pet and poisoning it more. It's, it's really a racket. And it's, 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 it's really disgusting. Like you said, I don't even want to call myself a vet anymore. I got to come up with another name. A pet protector. Puppy, the pet police. <laughs> you you are a pet protector. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, join us tonight, guys. Listen, uh, if you got an itchy pet, you've got some inflammation going on. You got a problem going on. That problem needs to be um addressed and it needs to be rectified. Or you will see problems down the line. Period bar none. See it all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and people don't understand why I say, all right, we do the prescription or the kibble diets out there. And then we have a yeasty pad and then they're itching and then they get the immune suppressant. And then the next thing we see is cancer. People are like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, we, we see it all the mm -hmm. time. 
So uh, we would like to help you not go there. And if there are fears about raw, we can address those. Come on, seriously. Um, Maybe you want to read, give your dog a bone or pointing the bone at cancer or feeding dogs, uh, the debate against dry and raw. There's so much information in these books. And like this sweet pet parent that emailed me and said, thank you for taking my anxiety away. You guys, if you are feeding a variety, beef, chicken, duck, pork, lamb, turkey, fish, you're throwing in some pork brains, you know, you don't have to do it all at one time, but you think about through the month, you give them some, you know, pulverized veggies. That's fine, but they're not vegans, right? Right. We give them some great phytoplankton. You don't have to lose your mind and do a spreadsheet. It's not that difficult. If they want it difficult, so you can rely on what they say. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to make these categories on my website. Those that want it difficult, you enter through this door. <laughs> Those of you that would like it easy, you come through this one. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And there people go. like, but easy, you mean I got to think? I know I don't like recipes. You know, I don't want people saying, well, do you have a recipe? I'm like, well, I don't. Because you want to do variety. And to me, that gives people more choices. Say, well, you, you know, these are the percentages. And then you you do these, you know, rotation, the different proteins. And to me, that is more flexibility. You don't have to feed the exact same thing every day. But I think that exact regiment, tell me the exact recipe. And, and I want to see the spreadsheet, you know. Um, and then you're, but then you're feeding your dog the exact same thing meal after meal after meal. And just because you dump the vitamin and mineral supplement in there, again, it's all synthetic, does not make it complete. The completeness comes from the rotation. Yeah, I I that I love the whole thing about complete and balance in Dr. Uh, Billinghurst's book. He's like, what is that? And who decided that? And how do you actually get everything in one bowl? Because, you know, chicken has certain vitamins that beef doesn't or vice versa or lamb or pork. How in the world does that happen? And again, that would assume that somebody, somebody in the world knows exactly every single vitamin and mineral that you and I and our dogs are supposed to have. They do not. They do not. They do not. And each protein has slightly different nutrients. That's why we rotate. That's why it's so dangerous to feed the same protein over and over Mm -hmm. and over again, because you probably are going to get deficiencies because there isn't just one perfect protein. They all have their pros and their cons. And if you're not rotating, there's a good chance your pet's going to end up deficient in some nutrient because that's, you got to rotate because then there'd be some other protein that you're going to feed. That's going to have more of that nutrient. And that's why that rotation is, is so important. And, and I don't, I don't know why that's people. I, I've seen a lot of people just, they get started on one protein or maybe two, and then that's it. I'm like, well, why don't you give more and a lot of, or rotate more. And it's a lot of times there's not a really good answer. Sometimes like they feel like their pet doesn't do as well on the other proteins, but sometimes it's like, they just get in the habit. They had success feeding this. So they just keep doing it. But then you know, a year down the road, we're having problems and you will get deficiencies or excesses. Sometimes you have things that you don't want 
if you're only feeding the same protein. And again, I'm going to push it. I'm going to push it again. Raw meaty bones for all you scaredy cats of bones. Your dog was created to eat bone. Mother Nature made these dogs and these cats with the teeth and the digestive tract to be able to eat bones. And raw meaty bones, those are bones that have a lot of meat on them and raw bones, not these roasted bones. Gosh, I know a girl who has a treat company here in Colorado and she sells so many roasted bones. And oh, I'm just no like, kidding. Yeah, and I'm just like, Jeez. Uh, why pet parents do that? I don't know. But you guys, beef neck bones. So we have these beef neck bones. They have lots of meat on them and they have bone. I would say if you want a complete and balanced diet, at least once a week, give them a raw meaty bone, right? Mm -hmm. If their poop's a little hard, the next day you feed them tripe, right? It's mm -hmm. so simple. But don't be afraid of bones. I I just, you know, even in Dr. Billinghurst's book, he's like, so many people are afraid of bones. And mm -hmm. he said, and this perpetuates people to not feed bones. And then they don't have experience with their dog eating bones. And he's like, you know, very, very, very few animals have problems with bones. And they start their puppies at three weeks wow. eating raw meaty bones. So like, you know, turkey necks and things like that. Now, he, he's like, if it bothers you, smash it with a mallet. But the bones are in the blends and then people get worried about that. And I'm just like, you guys, if you are not giving your dog real bone, your dog is not getting the vitamins and minerals yeah, they need, yeah. period, that's, bar none. That's one of the biggest errors I see when people like come to me and they've been trying to do like a home prepared meal and they'll do the meat and they'll do veggies. And, you know, sometimes they'll put in some organs, sometimes not, but very, very often they don't have bone. They're not even adding in, not that I recommend adding in a synthetic mineral source, the best source is the bone, but they're doing nothing for that, that mineral component. You can't feed just meat. You can't feed meat and veggies. That's not, that's not a complete diet. People, you know, get here, you know, decide they want to get off kibble and at least they make a move off kibble, but it's the veggies are, you know, some dogs, you know, uh, I think can benefit from the veggies, but they really need the organs. They need that variety of animal products. Um, to really get optimal nutrition. They don't get as much nutrition from the, you know, from the veggies and they need the bone. That's where they get their minerals, their calcium. And I mean, look at all these joint supplements and stuff that people spend all this money buying. You don't need any of that. If you're feeding, if people ask, what's the best joint supplement, like chicken feet or duck wings or something, you know, that have all that natural cartilage and collagen because you're giving the natural building blocks for right. healthy, for healthy bones and joints. And that's what they really need. Not some synthetic glucosamine and chondritin because then you're like back to, well, is this stuff even helping? And most of the time when I ask people, I said, well, does that joint supplement help? And most of the time they don't eat. I don't know. I just put them on it three years ago because I wanted to, you know, because it sounded like a good idea. Well, Take that money and go buy some chicken feet and you're probably going to be doing your dog a whole lot more good. Right. Which we have chicken feet, guys. We have chicken feet. We have duck feet. We have trachea in the air dried uh, form. Uh, if you can find raw trachea, it doesn't take a lot, about an inch. And uh, I would also cut that, you know, if you cut it and it's round like a rubber band, cut it again lengthwise so it's not 
you know, so that doesn't cause a choking situation. But that has a lot of uh, mm-hmm. natural glucosamine and chondroitin in it. But again, make sure that you're just not doing things like driving through Chick-fil-A and giving your dog puppuccinos or Starbucks or anywhere else. I don't care if your dog likes them. They might like crack. And uh, and that would be uh, crack to a dog. Why does a dog need to hit their blood sugar like that? That's ridiculous, guys. And not only that, but many dogs do not do well with dairy. They don't do mm-hmm. well with dairy. You know, Brian's doing this kind of thing right now where uh, his dog's got gas and he's like, my dog loves cheese. He said, so I'm cutting the cheese, <laughs> so to speak. He cut the cheese out of the diet. <laughs> And, um, and then he's like, and the other thing is he said, I wouldn't think that it'd be a problem, but I got to take the, the raw goat's milk out. He said, mm-hmm. because these items, something's causing my dog to have gas. And so he's mm-hmm. really taking a look at that. So I get it. If your dog loves it, if you like gas and it, you don't mind the stink. Okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally don't like dog farts but there's also a sign that your dog's digestion is not working properly and it's inflamed so if it's if it's gassy something isn't isn't working right in there and then they might not be getting their other nutrients either so if something's causing inflammation or causing a problem you really want to get it out of the diet and then just do the experimentation not all dogs have, have an issue with dairy but i've seen that cause problems in some dogs so you're going to know really fast. Just don't feed it for a week. And and then, you know, even if they really like it, just feed them something else. They'll right? be okay. It's that's human emotions. If your dog just likes a snack, get a, you know, dried, dried liver or lung or something else. Yeah. So, all right, well, we're going to, we're going to leave it there and we're going to invite you to come to the webinar um, tonight. Excuse me, I get the hiccup. 6.30 Mountain Time. Uh, this is part two. Some people have asked me, well, if I miss part one, uh, is it going to be valuable? Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, this will be valuable. You can ask some questions. Neely is always in the chat. She answers a lot of questions for you as well. Uh, it's very distracting for Dr. Jasek to look at the chat, but we will have time to answer some questions. Um, and if you can send me those questions, earlier today that would be great and we'll answer them tonight again 6 30 mountain time if you don't have the link email me it's the same link as last um as as the last webinar uh but now it says part two but you can use that same link and come on in okay uh we appreciate you guys let us know what we can do for you no there's no kibble kibble that that is good so please don't ask me i'm a raw company <laughs> I mean, note the note the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, note the shirt that you you know. I need to sit up higher. I think. So oh, yeah, because it just says dog food. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know the big raw there. There we go. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will see you tonight. Get over to a h a vet dot com a h a vet dot com to work with Dr. Judy Jasek. She can review blood work, protocols, vaccines, uh, all types of stuff for you from a holistic perspective. A true holistic perspective. Get your dog on a species appropriate diet. You want to get over to raw dog food and company where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. I'll see you tonight, Dr. Jasek. Okay. See you. Bye everybody. Oh, snap.
Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.